Welcome to Accelerate Your Business Growth with your host, Diane Helbig. This show is designed to help small business owners, salespeople, and aspiring entrepreneurs master every aspect of business success. We've got a great lineup of guests and topics scheduled for you. We'll be talking about everything from sales to employee issues, from technology to social media, from work-life balance to exploring uncharted territory. Participation is welcome and encouraged. Your host, Diane Helbig, is a world-class author, speaker, and business development coach. Be sure to check out her latest book, Lemonade Stand Selling, on Amazon.com or BarnesandNoble.com. And now, on with the show. Well, hello, everybody. Thank you for joining me on this different uh, show day. We normally are on the second and fourth Mondays, but due to the Christmas holiday, we are coming at you about a week early, so I appreciate you spending some time with us. As we said, we do welcome your uh, input, so if you are on the phone and you have something you'd like to share, you can press 1. That will let us know that you have something you either want to ask or say. If you're in the chat room, you can type whatever you have on your mind into the chat room, and I will share it with our guest. Today's show is sponsored by Win Cleveland. Win Cleveland is an organization that empowers female professionals by creating new access points for individual business development. They support one another by providing continual professional growth, sharing a wide variety of ideas and resources, and assisting select women-based charities within their community. Visit www.wincleveland.org for more information. My guest today is Richie Freeman. St. Martin's Press calls Richie a modern-day Renaissance man, an apt description for one of the most diverse and unusual careers in a young man of 34. Richie is an award-winning children's book author, illustrator, entrepreneur, former professional wrestler, and the host of the popular Modern Manners Guy podcast on the Quick and Dirty Tips Network. In 2010, Macmillan Publishing tapped Freeman to become Modern Manners Guy, the host of a humorous weekly column and podcast about manners and etiquette on the Quick and Dirty Tips Network. With over 7 million podcast downloads in over 200 countries, Freeman's show is ranked as one of the top educational podcasts on iTunes. Based on the success of Modern Manners Guy, St. Martin's Press commissioned Freeman to write a book about professional etiquette. The result is called Reply All and Other Ways to Tank Your Career, which is now available worldwide on the shelves of all major bookstores in print, ebook, and audio formats. Reply All debuted in the top 50 of three Amazon bestseller lists, including number 30 in business etiquette and number 47 in business and professional humor, and at number 10 on Kindle for Business Etiquette and remains in six different categories today. As Modern Manners Guy, his distinct voice stems from his colorful career history, which includes stints as a professional artist and a professional wrestler. Whether in the boardroom or in the wrestling ring, Richie has seen manners at their best and their most bizarre. Richie's outlook on Modern Manners is humorous, honest, and above all else, practical. He is routinely featured on Fox News, Huffington Post, Shape Magazine, FHM, Sharp Magazine, Wall Street Journal, Baltimore Sun, and many other media outlets, and here on Accelerate Your Business Growth. So welcome to the show, Richie. Hi, how are you? I am great. I am so excited to have you on the show. This is such a great topic. One I mentioned earlier to you that I have not uh, explored on this show, so... You ready? Well, I appreciate you having me. I appreciate you having me on, and yes, I am ready. 
<laughs> okay, so uh, I think it's fair enough to say that you are not exactly like Emily Post, for those of us who remember Emily Post. Uh, you have more of a modern take on things. So can you share with the listeners what your approach and style is about manners and etiquette? Yeah, no, I'm def- I definitely don't um, have the same kind of mindset as Ms. Post, and, and although I appreciate everything she's done, especially for this industry, uh, my, my approach is a little bit, is much more modern um, and just a little bit more of a spin. So um, it, my approach on manners is a more humorous, take a thank you Seinfeld, Mary David kind of approach to real life everyday situations that most manners writers out there really don't cover. Um, you know, I'm not focused on very hoity-toity, white glove, Downton Abbey approach to manners and etiquette. Mine's more real life um, everyday things, you know, um, how, what, things that happen to you while you're waiting in line for your coffee, uh, things at social events, office events, things with your kids, stuff like that. Um, and I'd like to think that if you can laugh at a problem, any problem, you're going to make it a lot easier to handle, uh, to rectify, and to go ahead and move forward with that. And that's really how I handle pretty much everything I do. That's really great. And it's so great. One of the things I love about this is that it's those everyday things that we're dealing with. It's not that once in a while if you might happen to go to uh, a very highbrow event, this is what you do. The, <laughs> yours is more, listen, this is life. This is what you're encountering, and this is really what works and what doesn't. Well, it's funny you say that because, you know, my mom has actually, she's been a wedding planner for nearly 30 years, and she does these wild events, you know, I'm talking about 1,000 people there, or the show, show, she works at a very, very high-end wedding event place in Florida, and, you know, she, you know, people associate that level of, um, of dining or that level of event with matters and etiquette, meaning only the only the highest echelon of person can go ahead, uh, or that every meal has to have a thousand plates in front of you. And really, yes, you're going to go to a wedding, you're going to go to an event, and you're going to stare at a table, and you're going to say which fork do I use first, and which plate is mine, and which cup is mine. But, right. And you should be able to handle that. However, that's not every day. That's maybe right. two out of 365 days a year. So for for everybody out there that has everyday encounters and everyday situations. It's about really how you can look at it and, you know, live a more mannerly life, but also be able to accept yourself in certain situations and work with others that you may not you may have never met before. It's really great. So tell me what the inspiration was for the book Reply All and Other Ways to Tank Your Career. Well, as you said in the introduction, I've been doing modern, the Modern Manners Guy column for about three years now. Um, it, it has been an absolute dream come true. Um, you know, I've, been able to, I've been able to reach out to you know, millions of people. I get emails from all over the world. And over the time that I've been Modern Manners Guy, I was talking to my editor and my publisher about ideas, you know, what would make it for a really good book, and I really want to go to that next step and next level of my career. And we really sat down and I looked at all the different email I get, all the different messages I get about uh, problems people have. And there's one thing that really gets everybody, and it's, it's the work uh, environment. And oh, I say yeah. them at all different levels, whether you're you know, the first guy in the gate, just graduated college, never really worked in an office before, maybe had an internship, if not, if anything, even to the more seasoned CEO. So I said, okay, let's take a book and focus on those early years, those people that are working their way up in the field, and all the things that you screw up doing. And we admit it. Let's, let's you know, pull the veil back. 
face the fact you're going to mess up, you're going to step, put your foot in your mouth, and let's hear real people's stories. So what I did was I picked different scenarios, but I interviewed top-level CEOs and entrepreneurs about their own experiences and things they witnessed on their way up to the ladder, not they sit at the top of the mountain, and also advice they want to give to people that they wish they knew at that time in themselves. And the people that I featured were, are, you know, very well-recognizable names, very well-recognizable industries, and I was thrilled with how honest they were and the stories they had. Um, and we put that onto a book, and um, now it's out. And it's doing really well. I'm very, very happy with everything that's gone, everything about the book so far. Oh, my gosh, I'll bet. I'll bet. So <laughs> speaking of, of stories, you, uh-huh. uh, you talk about your tyrannical boss on your first job <laughs> out of college, right? So my yeah. question is, which, you know, I, probably all of us have had, but at, at the ripe old age of 22, fresh out of college, did you think that that was like what the rest of your life in the corporate world was going to be about? I did, and I was terrified. And this, it was so funny because I remember, I, I'll never forget this. This was, The job started to go south pretty quick, but I was 22 and naive. I knew no better. I, I didn't know any better. I realized I was getting taken advantage of. I didn't really understand. Um, I thought this was just kind of the way of life. I'll never forget. I had a friend of mine, and he was actually in law school at the time. And um, so, again, just totally different paths. And, he, and we're talking about work one day, and he, and he says to me, he goes, yep, he goes, how can you do that for the next 30 years? And I remember thinking to myself, Ooh. like, wow, that's a long time. I'm only 22. I've got to do a 30. I said, that's a, that's a long time. And, you know, most careers for that, most, for that part go much longer than that. Um, but it was that, it was that mindset, you know, how yeah. miserable can, I mean, can I allow myself to get before I realize this is the wrong place for me? And so it, I, I felt very, there were times when I was really impressed and really sad but I didn't know better. I thought that was pretty much how things work. But I learned very quickly that's not how it goes. So what made you decide to leave and move on? You know, it was a number of things that just kind of piled up of bad things here and there that just just weren't sitting right. And the more I talked about it with people, the more they were like, look, that's not how things are supposed to go. You know, you're not yeah. supposed to have your health insurance dripped in front of you like a carrot and to make you stay longer. Uh, you're not supposed to have your boss make you pay for things on your credit card uh, you're not sp- when it's for the company. You're not supposed to have your checks bounce on a regular basis. Uh, you're not supposed to drive your fault on your car and pay for gas. I mean, as you smoke cigarettes in your passenger seat and you hate smoke. I mean, it was these things that I'm like, well, I know I'm not supposed to, but I guess I'll, I thought I was being a good sport. I'm like, nope, you're not being a good sport. You're being a moron. And... Um, <laughs> It, 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 was, it, was, it, were those, it was those kinds of things. And, I, you know, I, there, was a, there was a situation one, one night I was completely burnt out. And, I'm, and I worked for it was a graphic design and printing company. So I would make deliveries around the, around the area uh, in person to person to different clients that I had that myself was in charge of. And I remember this one client, awesome woman, worked at, owned this hair salon. It was a really cool, funky place. And she was always had this really cool uh, sense of humor. And I came there one day, and I was just real beat and tired. And she looked at me, and she's like, what's wrong? And I said, ah, you know, don't worry about it. And then she says, she goes, you deserve better. And it was like she kind of oh. knew. And we never talked about my boss before, but she kind of knew who he was and knew how I felt and knew that I was, I was not valuing myself enough. And just those little words. And that was, now that was one, one part of it. But like I said, there was a giant pile burling and yeah. building up day after day. I was not short for reasons about how about why I should leave, put it that way. Right, but you just you sort of need that catalyst, that thing, that light bulb that goes off that says, Okay, you know what? Now it's time. 
Yeah, and and it's really hard being younger. And I mean, even now, when even when you've been established for a long time, to find another job is always nerve-wracking. But to be right. 22 and fresh out of college, you only have a year under your belt at the time, not even a year because I was, I went to jump ship later before that. Um, it, it's hard because people might perceive that as, you know, you quit you quit the job because you didn't handle it. You know, they don't know the real situation. So right. it was really that was something I had to consider too: is how are people going to view what I'm doing, and do I need to stick in here just to build up more time? So it was that same kind of thing. Boy, I think everyone who's in a bad job situation feels that way. There's that weird: how much time is enough time before I can leave? Yeah, because you you know the next interview is going to say, "Why did you leave?" And if you right. start off by saying, "Yeah, my boss is a complete jerk," they're going to be like, "Oh." Okay, then, and right. I will see you later. It just doesn't sound right. And even though if you want to paint the picture and set a story and hope they'll understand, you always should do that. You should always be very honest. And I find the more honest you are, the better off you'll be. But it's just you can't, you can't bank on how that person is going to perceive it, and that was a nerve-wracking thing for me. Yeah, wow. So what, is there um, one topic that you tend to get the most questions about when it comes to manners? Well, like I said, a lot of the reason why I wrote Reply All in Other Ways to Tank Your Career uh, was a lot of business things. Um, a lot of things like, look, I'm going to an office party and XYZ happened, or I need to get a present for my boss for the holiday, what should I get? Or, um, you know, a lot of office things really was, was a large chunk of it. And yeah. because people really spend such a majority of their time at work, and their work life becomes their social life. Their work friends become their social friends. And that became a big chunk of a lot of the email I get and one reason why I wrote the book. So it's more about uh, day-to-day interactions, social experiences, and whether it's romantic, um, whether it's family, uh, and especially work. So it's a kind of a combination of that, but more about situations where somebody says, you know, person A did this, what happens now? What should I do? Got it. Okay. That's interesting. Person A did this. It's funny. Do they ever say, I did this, and how do I fix it? Oh, absolutely, yeah, and I guess okay. I, I put a little bit of a, a footnote on that too. It's it goes both ways, and sometimes when I email people, and I I love getting email. So if you're out there, email me manners at quickanddirtytips.com. I absolutely love getting email from people, and I email back and forth all the time. Um, and it, a lot of times when you hear stories, you, things start to unravel, and the person realizes, oh, okay, I I think I might have been this person that did this too. It, everything is <laughs> two way street. You're never, you're never going to be that innocent, even when my job was an absolute nightmare. Uh, you know, I kind of think back, and look, it, it definitely was more of a 95% to 5% of who did what bad and for him, but there were probably things that I did that I didn't realize at the time. So I mean, I realized to yeah. take ownership of everything. And there are, in every situation, whether it's somebody did something incredibly nasty to you, there might have been something else that maybe you weren't, you weren't witnessing before, and just through regular communication, these things come out. Ah, okay. Uh, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna write myself a note because I think I'm gonna ask you about that later. So we are heading into the holiday season, and you know it's got its ups and downs. Do you find like people get a lot more stressed around this time of year? Absolutely, absolutely. You know, the holiday spirit is in the air, but so is the nerves. It's just it's just one of those things. Um, a lot with family, a lot with work. Yeah. There's just that whole tension of the year has come to a close. It's a new year. How have I lived this year? 
how can I live next year better? I think it's a stress about making resolutions. Whenever you make resolutions, it's usually because you didn't do something right before or you feel bad about it. So I think that whole stress is just really, really gets people uh, built up and it brews into other parts of your life. So um, this is, it's always been a stressful time for people. The holiday season is also a very happy time if you make it. And so I understand both both sides of the coin, absolutely. Yeah. So I wonder if, it's so funny too because I was having a conversation with somebody this morning about people being too busy or or saying they're going to do something and then they don't do it and then when they when you follow up with them they say, oh, I'm so sorry, I'm so swamped. And it was this person's take on that and I started thinking, you know, th- th- things are so much busier at this time of year because there's that added holiday stuff, the events that you go to and the gift giving and the uh, the weather, if you live in a place like I do where it snows and, and can impact things. And I wonder if that impacts or if you have seen that impacting how well-mannered people are who maybe in other times of their lives they're very well mannered. It, it, does, does this stress of this period have an impact on that? Do you think? Yeah, absolutely. I think that no matter how polite you are in the world or how of a manly lifestyle you live, um, it's your this time of year distresses you out. And when you get stressed out in any way, shape, or form, um, it's just going to be it's going to take a toll on your on your on your sensibilities and especially make you stressed out to the point where you might either skip out at somebody or stress too much at somebody and take it out on them, um, or whether you just hold it up internally and all of a sudden at the end of the year you kind of let loose. So yeah. it's, it's just one of those things that everybody's going to get stressed out. It's not um, no matter how polite you think you are, uh, you know, things happen, and that's just, that's just the way of the world. So, and a minute ago you said something about how communicating can really make a difference because sometimes most of the time I think we probably don't know what's what's going on with somebody and what's the reasoning behind their behavior many times and that just communicating can um what's the word I'm looking for? Oh, clear up a lot of that. It can it can really uh uh-huh give you an opportunity to say, okay, I get it, understand. It, it ends up not having a negative impact. And I would think we all need to be aware of how we're feeling and therefore how it might be impacting what we do. And remember, it's not like it's a sunk ship. We just need to be able to communicate, hey, this is what's going on with me and apologize or whatever we need to do. Yeah, and that's, it's a lot about ego, too. I mean, if you think that the world revolves around you, you're not going to get much support when you treat people like crap. Um, <laughs> so that's definitely that's definitely going to be a big thing to think about. But, you know, you know, there's been situations where, especially like we talk about stress, you know, and we talked about even at this time of year, if one day you kind of like flip at somebody real quick or you're really short with them out of nowhere, they're like, man, Bob was so short with me today. Well, you know, what was going on? This is crazy. I don't know. Bob was so rude. Look. There might be something bothering Bob that he doesn't really want to talk about right now. Or you just happen to catch him at a wrong time. I mean, these things happen. And But yeah. it takes a big person and an adult and a professional of any age to really go back and say, look, I feel, I feel so sorry about that. Let's go get some coffee real quick. I'll tell you what's going on. And even if they don't want to tell the person a personal, a personal situation that was bothering them, it's letting somebody know, 
I'm sorry for snapping at you. Totally didn't mean it. You know, look, please don't take it personal. And when you don't do that and you think, like, look, I don't have to explain myself. I don't have to worry about what they think. If they don't understand, if they, if they don't realize why I'm so stressed, then, you know, that's their problem. Well, no, it's not their problem. That, that's being rude. You've got to be an adult and go back, go back and tell the person right. to apologize. There's nothing... Not, you're never going to win points by, by being stubborn or, you know, trying or, or not telling people really what was going on. Always apologize um, in every aspect and just be open with them. And you never know. They could help you out. People are yeah, that's interesting. People. Right, right. We never think about that. That's a really great point. Yeah, it's, really, it, it's really just ego. You know, ego, when you, if you yep. can't drop your ego at the door, that just drives me insane. Nobody's that yep. I don't care who you are. <laughs> and if you think that your ideas are fantastic, you're living in a fantasy world. And exactly. it's just a matter of being willing to. And you can hold, look, if you think your ideas are fantastic, more power to you. You always want to bring our confidence with you. However, let other people talk. There's a smidgen, a chance, a small inkling. Somebody, God willing, might have a better idea or an addition to your idea. You never know. Right. Exactly. I'm with you 100%. That all, and I think you're absolutely right. I think it's the ego that gets in the way, and people don't think they need to apologize. And, and, they, and I think that happens a lot with bosses. You know, when you have that boss who behaves the way your first boss did, it, it's all wrapped up in ego. And so good people leave. This is the problem with it. You end up losing all the good people and keeping all the crappy ones. Oh, yeah. I mean, my boss was terrible to me. He never once said you were sorry. I mean, even even when he blatantly knew he was wrong. I mean, I didn't bounce my check. I knew, you know, I I wasn't the reason why it bounced. And right. you know, it, it wasn't the bank's fault for the fifth time in a row. I mean, it, you got to own up to it. And you, had you maybe even said, "Look, X Y Z is happening. I'm going through a hard time. I need to do this." I may have been a little more understanding. I mean, I, I would love to pay my bill, so that I'm not going to understand that part. But right. um, you know. It was it was those kinds of things. So yeah, it, it it takes a very bold person to apologize. I mean, it sounds too easy because I have a five year old and eighteen month old. Now my eighteen month old can't quite say the word sorry, but he he makes his own he makes his own attempt to. But even when he knows he says he's sorry sometimes. My daughter knows when to say she's sorry, right. and they're five, and she, and he's yeah. eighteen months. And it's one of those things you you're told growing up. You preach to other people while you're growing up and to kids, but you can't do it yourself. Come on. Well, that doesn't work. I'm with you. I, I know. I know. I think it's true. And I really appreciate you saying it because I think this is one of the really key points of having manners is being able yep. to say you're sorry. It, it's Absolutely. the polite thing to do. Yeah. I mean, what would you rather have? Would you rather be able to know a dinner setting for the, for the fanciest wedding in the world or have common sense to be able to understand how people work and understand how people feel and, and go from there? I'll take the yep. feeling and the emotional part personally. So it's just one of those things that um, it just doesn't it, – it, it, people don't realize the effect you have on people um, if you can't put yourself in their shoes or you just can't take a time to sit back. And I really got to find this one article. But there was a study recently done, and they interviewed um, employees to find out what the best thing they thought about the leader. And the, one, the number one thing was giving them their time, meaning that person and the manager or boss, director, was able to – sit down with somebody and say, you know, and talk with them, eye contact, but also, even if you're too, even if you're so busy, be able to come back to them and say, look, I'm sorry I couldn't talk right there, but I got time now. Or let me talk to them on my way home. You work, right. you know, how hard is that to do? 
Yeah, it's, it's so true. It's so true because then they feel valued. And it's such yeah. a simple thing to do. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I want to take a quick uh, break, a sponsor break, and remind my listeners that today's show is sponsored by Win Cleveland. Win Cleveland empowers female professionals by creating new access points for individual business development. You can visit www.wincleveland.org for more information about their um, continual professional growth opportunities and their assistance of select women-based charities within their community. Our guest today is Richie Freeman, and we are talking about manners and etiquette in the 21st century. If you have something that you'd like to share, we'd love you to participate. If you're in the chat room, you can type something in, and I'll share it. If you're on the phone, you can press 1, and that will let us know that you have something you'd like to say. So, you mentioned earlier that a lot of this revolves around work and business, and we are in the midst of the holidays. So I'd like to talk about the whole holiday office party thing and if you could share with the listeners what proper office party etiquette is. Well, it's funny because people hear party and they think that's the real focus of of the events, but it's not. Um, A work party still works. And whether it's pizza in your your boss's office or it's a gigantic gala that you're going to, um, it still works. It's still people you work with every day. You don't get a you don't get a hall pass because you get wasted at an office party, and the next morning people are supposed to be like, "Oh, it's no big deal, Bob. You know that you took all your clothes off and danced across the hallway." I mean, that just doesn't. You're still going to be that guy or that girl that did something completely wacky. So the one thing you have to always remember is that it's a it's a work event. It is work, and there's definitely expectations, and there's definitely going to be guidelines similar to what you face every day. So people really have to be, realize that first. But, but with that, you know, understanding that it's work and that it's still a work-sponsored thing, you know, have fun with it. And do make it part of a party. But there is going to be that fence, uh, that wall, that little barrier that you really can't cross over. And with that, embrace it. Understand that, but just don't cross over that line. Have a great time. Talk to friends. Talk to new friends. Network. Um, you know, have a little you know, invite your spouse or your or, the, or your partner to the to the event. Introduce them around and get to know people that you really don't get a chance to talk to on a daily basis. So that is really great. Now what if you have a colleague who is egging you on to get drunk with them at a party? How do you politely uh get them to step off? Well it's funny because you know, it sounds wacky, like, come on now, we're all adults. But, look, this happens more times than not. Um, you're going to find somebody that's like, that's going to say, oh, come on, it's a party, have fun, let's go, we're going to do this, we're going to do that. And, you know, one, you got to know your limit. Personally, I'm not, I mean, I, I enjoy I enjoy having a drink. I am a lightweight, and I don't mean that physically. I mean, I'm a lighter guy, but I, I know my limit, and it's not high. So I don't care what kind of person I'm talking to, but, I can't get wasted in front of a whole bunch of people and think that it's okay or think that I'm following the cool kids around and letting them do that. You have to understand that you're an adult and you have to take things that way. Um, so knowing you're limited is key because that person may not know theirs or may not even care to know theirs. And if you get wrapped up in that, you're the one that's going to end up being in trouble, not so much them. So it's just it, it, there's, a, there's a couple facets to this. And one thing is just being able to step away and distract, distract yourself. You know, go find somebody else to talk to. Go find somebody else to communicate with and kind of base the situation off that. 
don't be too worried about what people think um, if you really don't feel like drinking. And this sounds kind of funny, but I tell people this. You know, I don't, I don't condone lying, but sometimes in a matter like this, you have to be a little bit creative. And there's a ways, there's ways to tell people like, you know, look, you know, I, I'm, I'm taking some medication today. I really should, probably should drink too much. Mix alcohol with my medication or something like that. You know, you're taking, you have aspirin or you have allergies, whatever it may be. I mean, use your, use your creativity yeah. to get out of, a, get out of a, a situation if you have to. Right, or otherwise, just say, "I just don't feel like it." Yeah, and that's—it's amazing. <laughs> it's so easy, you know. And that's the easiest one. People feel threatened by it. Like you're allowed to say no. This isn't high school. There's no peer pressure. I mean, it, it's just—it's one of those things that I just don't. I have a hard time understanding yeah. that the nerves behind it. But it's everyday life, and you know, this is something people are really worried about. Yeah, it, I, I'm with you. It, it is a little weird. It is that whole peer pressure thing, and it is like going back to high school. And I agree with you. I think we're all adults, and you should be able to say, hey, man, no thanks. You rock on with your bad self, but I'm mm-hmm. going to not. Uh, yeah. But, you know, th- this is why we're having the conversation. So people, you know, sometimes people need that um, permission from someone, an expert in the field like you, to be able to say, hey, no thanks understand the guidelines and the fence. I love that, that, that there's a fence and I'm not crossing it. And yeah. So aside from getting wasted uh, or not, what is the worst thing that someone can do at an office party? I think also people don't realize is, one, not showing up uh, or, or yeah. you know, also and also ditching it. People think that um, the office party can be a drag or that they just need to make FaceTime. I don't understand why why that is. I mean, this is a, if you think about an office party, you know, your boss is, is planning this for you. And like I said, on on every level, whether it is pizza in their office or whether it's going to be, um, you know, a large gala, there's effort that went into it. So if you're just going to show up to get credit to say that you were there, people are going to notice, and they're really not going to appreciate that. So when I say, you know, make sure you Make sure you show up. That's always key. But also make sure you stay and make sure you make the best of it. Don't sit against the wall texting your friends, God, I can't wait to get out of here. This place stinks. I'll meet you at the bar in 10 minutes or something like that. I mean, it, people are going to notice it and they're going to wonder where you went. Um, it also also about leaving. Uh, we have lives, but, you know, there's things you might be ra- might rather do than go there. But it's not like you didn't know about this. It's not like you, the, the party just, it was a surprise holiday party that just came in nowhere. Right. I mean, look, people have those fantastic. I've never heard of one. But, I mean, if you're at, it, you need the party coming up, so don't make any other plans. That's your Saturday night. I'm a, I apologize. Or that's your Wednesday night or Wednesday afternoon, whatever the, whatever the day may be. So really just be there in that moment and give, the, give, give everybody your time. That's great. That's so interesting. I, I, uh, I, I don't know what I would have thought, but that, that would not have been what I would thought. And I get it <laughs> totally. Pardon me? I was, I'm saying, yeah, it's funny. I mean, you know, it's one of the things that people – it, it's funny when you think about it, but people yeah. don't really think the holiday parties are going to be that much fun. I know. Well, sometimes they're not. But like oh, you cool, said, yeah. you know, you got to do it. Okay, yeah. so outside of the holiday thing, I want to shift a little bit and ask you wh- about, like, what's your biggest pet peeve in the office, per- really revolving around office behavior? You well, you know, we talked, we talked a little bit about it before, but I really would have to say ego. Um it sounds wacky because, you know, people think ego kind of gets to your head. you got to be a confidence person. Confidence and ego are not the same thing. I mean, you can be a really confidence person just not be a jerk about it. So 
it's to me to me ego it, it really really drives me up the wall. It when you're dealing with somebody who has such an ego, they can't see other people around them, or they can't see a possible situation change. It just it just shows me that they really aren't the kind of person I want to be around. And it what when you when you have an ego and you can't drop it at the door, it just shows a bit of selfishness that yeah. is going to be around a lot of things you do throughout your life. And if you think if you can't if you working with somebody they can't drop their ego, they're not going to care about you. They're not going to want to work be your friend. They're not going to want to uh, help you down the road. They're only cared about themselves. But they at that moment they expect you to care about them. And right. it it stinks. It's really rough. But I have a hard time accepting ego. It's just one of those things. It just drives me crazy. Well, I'm with you a hundred percent. And and I and it's so I was so glad to hear you say that they want something from you, but they're not going to be there to help you because I think that's what happens. People get wrapped up with the person who seems like they're oh they're they're really confident but they really are only in it for themselves. And it's so weird that we're talking about this like going back to high school with the cool kids, yeah. right? And they're I mean, the ones you think yeah. you want to hang around. Forget it. They only care about themselves. Absolutely. And, you know, look, there's the cool kid mentality in the office. And unfortunately, the, the cool kids in the office aren't going to be, you know, the ripped jocks that can throw a ball 100 yards or the real pretty people. It's, it's going to be people that flex their power in different ways. But this, the mentality is the same, and they're not going to treat you very well. That's yeah. the, that's that's the main issue. So, you know, when, when, you can, when you work with somebody and they can't, move, they can't get over their ego, everybody in a negative way. Um, and they're right. not going to be your friends. They're not looking out for you. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Okay. I, I want to shift to what I think is a really huge topic these days, and it's social media. And get your take on uh, how people are behaving. It feels like the the lack of manners on social media seems to be rampant. So yeah. what gives and, and what is your take on this and what advice do you have for the listeners about how they should be behaving? So it's a big question. There's like three questions in there, but go. <laughs> no, I understand completely. It's funny. In my book I talk in my book Reply All and Other Ways to Tank Your Career, I talk about this and um in length. You know, your whole chapter about social media. But it's one of the, it's one of the things I call social me- I call keyboard muscles, and keyboard muscles are what happens to people when they get behind a keyboard and all of a sudden they think they're the funniest guy on the planet or girl on the planet, mm-hmm. or they think they're very witty or they think they're very brave and they can say and do anything and nobody will care and there's no repercussions. I am beyond shocked what some people post on Facebook or Twitter or yeah. you know about their personal lives or their own opinions, and I'm not just talking about political things, and which tends to be a big issue for a lot of people, but when, when you're dealing with social media, look at it this way. Imagine you just stood on, front of every, stood on the stage in front of every single person you know and just said something. That's what social media is like. It's going to follow you. It sticks around. It's very hard to defend your, defend your place and say, look, I didn't say that. Well, no, you didn't yeah. say that. I just have it. I have it right here. Um, it's a very, very hard thing to get over. But something happens to people. The security of sitting behind a keyboard and being able to say something that really bothers you, um, it, it gets people going. And they, they, find, they, they, they get empowered by that. And that is where mistakes happen. They don't understand what's going They don't think that – they think it disappears. They think it's gone after they do it, and no one's really going to care. They'll get a laugh. But, you know, I, I've seen so many situations where it just goes bad. 
because people don't think about who they're affecting. Yeah, it's such a great point. And and one thing that I heard a couple years ago was the Internet is written in ink. So yeah. even though you feel, you know, maybe you deleted something or something, if the minute somebody sees it, if if you're not quick on the draw and somebody sees it, it's out there. It, it's yeah. a bell you can't unring. Absolutely. So, Absolutely. Yeah. It's a great way to put it, too. I mean, 100%. I mean, you're going to be – you're going to have to own up to whatever it is you just did, and sometimes it's not pretty. And you think about, like, the comments people say. Um, you know, I remember there was a great situation where there was this boxer who was getting harassed on Twitter, a boxer, professional boxer, you know, and this guy was just laying into him everything about how bad he was. He lost the match, lost the fight. You know, he talked about his family, and he made jokes about him. And the guy went over to attract the person down and went to his house, not to fight him, but said, look, I'm tired of you talking bad about me on, on Twitter, and if you have something to say, please say it now. And, of course, the guy backed down. He was out. <laughs> and that, but that's real life. I mean, imagine if every single person came back to the person that affected them and said, look, you know, I'm tired of how you're treating me. So what is yeah. it? What do you have to say? Let's go. Let's figure it out right now. I mean, people are going to back away right away. And they're going to be winsome. Right. Um, right. And if you, can't, if you can't say it to somebody in their face, then, you know, you're in the wrong industry. That's not how you're supposed to be doing it. Do you think people are more polite or are ruder today than in the past? Well, I actually do think people are are a lot more considerate these days, and only because I think that people are are slowly understanding or realizing the annoyances that they've had throughout their life. And it really comes with a certain age, I think. You know, you get to a certain point in your life when you realize that – you're just not really going to accept things the way they are anymore or um, you don't like the way somebody acts and somebody how, how people are being treated. And when you do that, you start to twist things around yourself and, and realize how you want to live your life. So with that and, and understanding that, people are really changing the way they approach things. And, of course, I mean, you can look at reality TV these days um, and under and or go on the TMZ.com and find people that are acting completely terrible in, in the mainstream media, so to say, and it just makes you want to act the other way. Um, I think there's a bit of a renaissance going on for matters in etiquette. I think that people are understanding that the way you treat people is really what defines you and how it's going to get you farther in life. Um, and the more you can understand that is really going to, really going to help you get by and help you deal with situations. Yeah, I, I tend to think that you're right. It's interesting when I um, am on uh, some of the social platforms, like people will say, I hear people say all the time, for example, on LinkedIn, don't mm-hmm. just put in a, a generic request to connect to somebody. Tell them why. Mm-hmm. Fill it in. Really have that conversation. And I think, boy, that's that's right. That is the polite thing to do. Have the conversation. It's about building relationships. And I feel like, We've really entered this environment where relationships have gotten so much more important uh, in the business world that the the etiquette and the manners really have been somewhat elevated. It, or maybe it's a different spin on it. Maybe it, they're more uh, present. Maybe we just pay attention to them more because relationships feel like they're so much more important now. Exactly. Like I said, I think that's a lot to do about uh, the maturity and how and how you're willing to how you observe things around you. You know that when you find something that annoys you, you're not going to let yourself do the same thing. 
And yeah. the more you can no- notice certain things around you that affect you and affect you in a negative way, it's going to change. It's going to change um, your actions too. Right. Right. And the thing yeah. about LinkedIn is great. Uh, that, that, that's a really good point you mentioned about LinkedIn. I think that's something that people don't realize too much, um, especially when you're connecting with somebody that's not in your industry. It's like yeah. you know, if I'm in, if I'm a, you know, if I'm an architect, and all of a sudden, uh, you know, somebody in the medical field wants to connect with me, it's like, what? What do I do in the medical field? Or something, right. something like that. So maybe if you said, oh, by the way, I really like your work. I'm also, a, I enjoy, I enjoy architecture too. I'd like to ask you some more questions. I mean, you never know, but. Um, that helps to get the better connection. Again, communication. Exactly. Yeah, it's interesting. We keep it seems to keep coming around to to effectively communicating. So, okay. So, given your career and the the different fields that you've been in, the different things that you do, share with me why you are so passionate about talking about manners and etiquette. Well, to me, it's really about, you know, like I said, I, you know, I, I worked in many different fields, and only because it's what I enjoy. Um, it, these are things that um, these are things that I enjoy doing in different fields. And I know some people look at them and they might think, "Wow, it's kind of, it's kind of odd that you know, I went from wrestling and children's books and art and you know, yeah. fashioning and manners." And I understand it. I understand how they don't connect. But these are things I was passionate about. And the more I got into different areas, the more I met different people, and the more I saw different, uh, more, I was put in different situations. And I realized that everybody, no matter what industry you're in or nationality you are or where you come from, the core values of how you treat people is tremendous. And it really is going to get you by. I've never gotten anything by being a jerk. And I found yeah. the more ni- the nicer I am or the more um, sensible I am to other people, the more likely people are willing to want to be around you, um, to want to help you, and to also be uh, vouch for you. And that, to me, is what makes it so important. And that I think that you can skate by on your money or your looks or your, you know, your your heirship, I should say, you know, I'm not, you know, your legacy, I guess. But that's going to run out. People are going to learn to see past that. And, and and not just not just in the in the in the corporate world, but in uh, in your social scene too. Um, people are going to get past all those pretty little things, and it's going to basically come down to do they want to be around you and why, and for how long. And that to me is what really just makes, you know, treating people well and being a man- mannerly attitude towards things so important. Well, I, it's it's really uh, just so terribly important, especially as we as the business world gets more and more global and a smaller at the same time you know the the with with the internet and social media our reach is so much broader and we have more of an opportunity for people to know who we are that making sure that we are putting our best foot forward and and being the best person we can be really uh matters a lot and the way we treat other people and um thinking about the way we want to have an impact on the world is really, I get it. You know, I, I I see exactly what you're saying about it doesn't really matter what field you're in, the the basics are the same. The whole how you treat people doesn't change. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, fabulous, really fabulous. So, <laughs> um, 
Uh, I thank you so much for this. I think this was so great, uh, really valuable information for my listeners heading into this holiday season where they're going to be going to parties and things, and even just into how they're approaching their their work and their families and, and whatnot as time goes on. Um, would you please share with my listeners uh, how they can find you and get in touch with you, where they can get the book, and anything else that you would like them to know about that you've got going on? Well, great. First of all, thank you so much for having me on the show today. I had a blast. Um, Good. And really, thank you for take, thanks for giving me the opportunity to speak with you and speak with your listeners. Um, you can follow my column, The Modern Manners Guy. You can also check out on uh, manners.quickanddirtytips.com. You can also follow me on Twitter at MannersQDT. Um, also, you can check out my new book, Reply All and Other Ways to Tank Your Career, now available on all the shelves of Barnes & Noble, as well as online um, on Amazon, of course, Barnes & Noble, and available on iTunes and iBook and Kindle and Nook, all the ebook formats as well. And um, please feel free to uh, reach out to me anytime. I love hearing from people and talking and sharing stories. That's examples of um, situations where people either um, were not using their manners or were that stand out, maybe examples from the book of things that stand out for you. Well, you know, we talk about social media, and I, we talked about it before, and I talk about it a lot in my book. And what happens is some, when, when people start to share things on their Facebook page or Twitter about things that are going on in the office, they think that it's just their own private room, and that doesn't really happen. There were situations where one person was posting on Facebook things like, ah, this job is such a drag, I hate it here, I think, you know, so-and-so just got a promotion because they like, because they're such a kiss-up to the boss. I'm using, using different terminology, but um, it was those kinds of things. And, you know, another person in your office was like, look, you can't say these things. Uh, you know, people read your Facebook page. They're like, well, no, because they're not all my friends on Facebook. They're never going to see it. But it affects other things. And it just takes one person to say, you know, John was going over there posting things on Facebook about the office. Um, people are going to see it and bring it to other people's attention. So I definitely think that's a big thing is that watch really what you share. Um, if you want to say how bad a certain situation or job you're in is going to be, have at it, but I guarantee you that repercussions are not going to be worth the, the jokes that you're going to get um, as a result. Right. That's a great example, and I think people are doing that. Okay. How about another example, uh, if you could, of um, even either through social media or something that goes on at a office party? I have a question for you, actually, about office parties, and that is mm – -hmm. What what is the etiquette for communicating with the boss at an office party? Is there one? Well, I think that you know the, the with, when it comes to the when it comes to the office party, this is your time that people drop their guard, and that you can really approach people that you may not earlier before. You might pass somebody in the hallway and just kind of wave hi or you know do a head nod to them. Um, you know, take this time to, of course, talk to them and, because now people are friendlier during the holidays, friendlier during the office party. And same thing regarding your boss is that, you know, they're at the party too. And, you know, they're, and it's one thing, of course, go up and thank them for the event. But they're going to be a little bit, they're going to, you're catching them now the one time a year where they are going to be a little bit more social and willing to talk to you. So I definitely think that that's 
that it's key to use that to your advantage and be willing to talk to the person and talk to the boss. And when you do, don't talk to them like they're your boss. Don't tout your resume. Don't tell them about the great pro- project you're working on or, you know, about this great client you just you just brought to the table. Uh, instead, you know, take this time to talk to them like a real person, ask them how the holidays are going, you know, what their plans for the holiday season, things like that. Believe it or not, your boss does not always want to talk about their uh, talk about work. They might want to talk about other things in this world. So use that to your advantage. That is great. Thank you so much. I, that that was really so valuable because I think that people either avoid the boss because they sort of want to fly under the radar or they're not really sure what to say to them and they go through that, well, I'd like to get to know the boss better or I'd like the boss to get to know me better, but I'm not mm-hmm. really sure what to talk about. And then they do that thing where they go over and they talk about work stuff and the boss really wants to sort of be offline at the time. So that's great yeah. and wonderful. And you're not going to, I mean, you're not going to score points at your office party for, you know, trying to pitch them a prize. And they're not going to, they're going to say, look, that's a great idea. Let's go have a meeting for an hour and a half and, you know, over by the bar and hear more about it. But, you know, they, they have to mingle. They have things they have to do, and it's not about work that night. I mean, it's a work function, but it's also about just, you know, making, having a good time and socializing with your colleagues. Yeah, yeah, terrific. Well, thank you so much for to thank all of the people who did join us today and um, sit in and listen to some of this wonderful input and advice. And I would like to thank our sponsor, Win Cleveland. Visit www.wincleveland.org to learn more about their programs for women business leaders. Our next show will be on January 13th when Lauren Pibworth will be here to talk about how to create a speaker's website so you can get bookings. So... If you um, are a speaker or you are planning on becoming a public speaker, this is a show for you to listen to so that you can um, get some of those bookings that you've been looking for. As always, if you know someone who you think would be a good guest on the show or if there's a topic that you'd like us to explore, please reach out to me through the show page and let me know. I'm always looking for good quality guests like the one we had today. Thank you so much. Have a wonderful, safe, and joyous holiday season, and I look forward to sharing with you in the coming year. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for having me. I'm a grown-up. Me too. Yep, me too. But you know, these days, being a grown-up can really suck. Luckily, we're grown-ups who grew up in the coolest generation. We had video arcades. And also some of the best TV and movies ever made. We lived the origin of awesome consumer electronics. The list goes on and on. Yep, Generation X. Exactly. And we're Gen X Grown-Up. Every week, the Gen X Grown-Up podcast explores media, tech, toys, games, and more from both yesterday and today. Through the eyes of Generation Xers who absolutely love that stuff. You can find us on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Or find us on our website, genxgrownup.com. All right, you think that was good enough? I, I hope so, man. I'm tired. <laughs> Who listens to a promo on a podcast and then goes and listens to a different podcast? Right. I, I, I've never done it. <laughs> <laughs> so, no. Right.